Your move, creep. Mission luck, Bruiser. You both in Coco. Dino DNA. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's night more! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like uh your opinion, man. Hello everybody, welcome back to Retrograde Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about older movies. We talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George. So, as you guys listening to this episode know, we will not be talking about the Corchester this week. Um, In our previous episode, we did say we were going to talk about it, and we're still going to talk about it. However, it's February, Black History Month. I don't think we've done one movie done by a, a black director, though. No, we haven't. And the movie we're going to be talking about today is not by a black filmmaker. Our next film will be. Right now, the Winter Olympics are happening in Beijing. And we were kind of thinking, well, what would be a cool movie to talk about that's kind of relevant to the Olympics and to Black History Month? And There's only one, there's only one answer, I think. <laughs> cool runnings. <laughs> That's the movie. That's the movie we're going to be talking about this week. And I don't know how I thought of this movie. I just, I think it's been in the back of my mind because I saw a clip of it on YouTube. I spoiled the movie for myself. You've never seen it before. Uh, I've never seen this movie before. So. Oh my god. Yeah, never seen it. I liked what I saw in the YouTube clip, and I'm like, okay, no, let's let's talk about this. Like, it seems like a really cool movie. And it looks really fun. And it's it's been quoted a few times around me. And I've never... People are like, oh, it's from yeah. Cool Runnings. Yeah, I was like, when you told me, I was like, oh, it's bobsled time. And I'm like, he didn't laugh or anything. That's weird. Was it? I thought that was funny. But now it makes sense. It's because you don't never watch the movie. I didn't get the reference. Oh, my God. And this is based off a true story. I wonder how much of a true story it is. Yeah, it says it's loosely based on the true story of the Jamaican... Uh, national bobsled team their debut in 1988 i'm like hey this seems like a fun movie let's watch it it's cool right winter olympics like let's come on let's do it and the premise is really interesting a jamaican bobsled team that's 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 a pretty interesting story (laughs) i mean does it, it okay this might be a dumb question it is a dumb question there's no snow no. in Jamaica, right? No, okay. no. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Cause, cause <laughs> just like, making sure. Okay, because I don't know if they have like a super high mountain. In the movie, at least, they don't they don't practice on snow. They practice with push carts. It's kind of like, it's almost like soapbox derby. Where like you, you get up on like a high elevation and then you like have wheels on your, your cart. And you just go and see how you can make the turns and, and stuff. It's not like it's not snow. It's not sledding. It's the push cart has wheels. Okay, so just making sure. Again, I didn't. I don't know if Jamaica has like a super high up mountain in this. Where you know, I, I don't know. But really interesting premise. T- every time it's been mentioned to me, people have very positive reactions towards it. So I'm really curious. And there's some really interesting things like John Candy's in this movie. The music was made was scored by Hans Zimmer, and it was made by Walt Disney. Yes. Which I think is really interesting because they don't make movies like this anymore, or at least not for theaters. Yeah, I feel like the whole sports genre is kind of 
not really doing a lot anymore. I mean, I mean, we'll still see films like sport films out every once in a while, but I mean, they were huge back then. I mean, another Disney property was um, the Mighty Ducks, right? And I'm and sure they, they had a show on Disney Plus. Yeah, was remember the Titans Disney? I don't. Oh, yes. Oh, it was okay. So yeah, there was. Definitely an era where you had a bunch of sport films that they did really well. This movie, the numbers look really good. So I'm excited to talk about it. So you've seen this movie. I've seen this movie so many times. Really? Okay. Can you so remember? So many times. Can you remember oh the first God. time? The first time, I think it was on TV. Like we recorded it on tape. And it was one of those movies that we would watch over and over again. And even, this, I don't know if this happened with you, but in my school, and like middle school, mostly middle school and like elementary school, we would have a PE class, right? Sometimes it would rain. And instead of sometimes we would do indoor activities, but a lot of the times we would just watch sports movies. <laughs> and <laughs> you get a workout by watching the movie. I guess. I don't know how. I, but it was an excuse to watch Cool Writing so many more times. Okay. <laughs> I, I have it. So many parts of it are just like stuck with me forever. Like Sanka, you did, man. Like I, that's the that's the quote that comes to me. And when they're <laughs> they're getting ready to bobsled, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. Oh god. You, I'm assuming you like it a lot if you've seen it like twenty I, well, times. Well, I I loved it when I saw it, but I don't know. I don't. I I think this movie's. Is I'm still gonna like it because I'm, I just have so many fond memories of of the movie. Mm-hmm. I I feel like this one of those ones that I can't judge objectively just because I I love it so much. Hey, that's okay. You know, we try to distance ourselves from some of these movies, but some of these movies are just so ingrained in our DNA that we just can't like we can't really objectively see it for what it is our memories are attached to this movie and this movie is attached to so many of our memories that you're just like well fuck it like i just i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna die watching loving this movie at least that's how i feel about certain movies when was the last time you saw this movie shoot um it might have you know what it might have come full circle where i was the substitute teacher for a pe class and they made us they made me play cool runnings Uh, I think I think that was probably the last time I saw it, and I I didn't realize until the last time I saw it that the the tough guy his name is Yul Brenner. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get that before. Well, I don't get it. Oh, Yul Brenner is is the name of a cowboy like actor oh. from like the Magnificent Seven and stuff. Also, if you've ever seen the original Westworld, he's the cowboy the the man in black, oh, the scary cowboy, got the one who's ch- the robot, the one who's chasing. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, okay. Oh, I, I, I you said nice. uh, you said Westworld. I remember him. Okay, he looked scary. Like he looked yeah. like a robot. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the only movie I've ever seen him in, though. Probably same for me. Like I know he's in the Magnificent Seven, but I've never seen <clears throat> Magnificent Seven. Well, man, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this movie. I'm really excited too. I'm excited to watch it again. This. I remember recently someone, it wasn't recent, it was a while ago, but someone tweeted a picture of John Candy and they were, they asked, what's the first movie you think of when you see John Candy? And I'm like, it's Cool Runnings, man. The disgraced Olympic coach. And this movie, I think, 
was the last movie that he was alive for its debut. When did he pass like away? He, he passed away in, I want to say, 93. Whoa. I think he passed. So it's so weird because I remember seeing like the John Candy like stand-up comedy specials where it's all about uh, donating to charity and everything. So he, so when those were coming out, he was already dead. So I, I just, I was, the name was always like in my head watching Comedy Central stand-ups. But the movie that comes to mind was always Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. He died in March of 94. Mm, gotcha. Okay. He got, to, yeah, he got to see this movie go out in theaters, be a, be the success it is, and then he unfortunately passed away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was born two months after this movie came out, almost kind of. Um, 93. Wait, 1993. Have we done 93 before? That's a good question. I don't, I'm not sure if we have. This might this might be new uncharted waters for us. Uncharted territory. Wow. Uh we haven't done okay. a movie from 93. All right. So this will be our Exciting. First oh my god, already like two of the movies that are at the top of the box office for 93 are my, some of my favorite movies. All right, which hit us with the list, Austin. Oh like so many good movies. Oh my god. Okay, all right. Here, I'll compose myself. <laughs> 1993 at the top of the box office was, of course, you guessed it, Jurassic Park. Oh, I was going to say Lion King, but. Hell no, man. Not Jurassic Park. Listen, you're right. You're, you're the park. You're right. Um, number two, also one of my favorite movies, The Fugitive. Oh, I didn't kill my wife. I don't. Oh, you uh, find that man. <laughs> wait, wait. I, you say the line. The, 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 the one you always you say. switch the samples. <laughs> well, the one I was thinking was like I, I didn't kill my wife I don't yeah. care I don't care oh yes oh, I love this movie you've this co- is a great movie you've quoted that so many times <laughs> yes um, number three The Firm Ooh. number four Tom Cruise Sleepless yeah Tom Cruise number four Sleepless in Seattle a movie that I, th- I thought this movie and You Got Mail were the same movie for the longest time but that is not the case these are two different movies. <laughs> um, I think Sleepless in Seattle has the better soundtrack, I think. Right? It has the Goo Goo Dolls song, Iris? No, I think that was the Nicolas Cage one. Oh, where he's an angel? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie either, but I unironically love that song. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> and I don't want to I don't know the lyrics, but it's a great song. It's a great song. I'm going to listen to it after we're done. Um, <laughs> number five is... Mrs. Doubtfire. Ooh. Robin okay. Williams. Number six, Indecent Proposal. Number seven, In the Line of Fire. Number eight, Aladdin. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, shit. Okay. Number nine, Cliffhanger. And number 10, A Few Good Men. Oh, damn. Tom Cruise has two, two movies at the top 10. Two legal dramas. Yeah. Also coming out this year, Free Willy groundhog day a movie that kind of invented a genre of itself mm-hmm. i feel like groundhog day is one of the most underrated movies we should definitely come back i've never seen it dude i've never we seen have it. to we have to and here's dude. the funny thing i really like that little subgenre. like the, the day it's a great genre oh it's fantastic one of my favorite films from recent years is that um edge of tomorrow palm springs oh Edge of tomorrow 
I actually haven't seen Palm Springs. Uh, Me either. I, I do to. want to, though. Yes. Same. Yes. Scent of a Woman, Demolition Man, Rookie of the Year, Nightmare Before Christmas. Didn't Schindler's List come out that year? I think I think so. I th- I'm I think so because I remember he when we were uh, looking up Spielberg, it was like man, he did like two really intense movies in one year. He did. Yes, Schindler's List did come out this year. Well, it was released in '94. Oh, and this. Well, it says '93, but it was released in. It was released in December of uh, 1993, probably like a limited theater thing. Gotcha. And then it went wide in '94. Okay, cool. Yeah, so many, so many movies came out this year. No, but great year. '93 was a fantastic year. You want to know why it was a fantastic year? Because I was born. That's right. Were you? Yeah, I was born in November. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. Don't 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 try to don't try to create doubt in me. I know when I was born. Damn it. I don't know, man. Sometimes you've, you just been on this podcast because you've forgotten your birthday before. I have. Well, I've forgotten how old I am. That's happened and, a lot. And what what information do you need to know to figure out how old you are? Oh shit. The year. <laughs> <laughs> nah, okay. But, but but great year. Um, and I'm excited to talk about cool runnings. I'm, I, I am curious now that you brought it up. How authentic is the story to the real life event? Because obviously, films will always take creative liberties with the story to kind of enhance the drama. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that that's a a bad thing, really. No, because you want you want your movie to be entertaining. You know, you want it to be a good movie. You know, but sometimes changing what actually happened to make some like here's here's an example like one movie that I'm not okay with how they change. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. Go for it. Was the Greatest Showman? <laughs> okay, no, I, okay, I was wrong then. What were you gonna say? Bohemian Rhapsody. That I didn't even see Bohemian Rhapsody, but but, but even um, I know that they 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 changed the story a lot for that one, and I'm like, wait a second, he didn't know he had AIDS at Live Aid. What what are you doing? <laughs> but no, great Greatest Showman, yeah, like they Greatest re- Showman, they reframed the story to make him seem very positive. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, and then they make one person who is known for being like very generous and a good person. They made her out to be like. A secondary villain like trying to be a home record oh rebecca stuff. ferguson her her character her character yeah. her character is based off of a real performer i'm like what are you this this guy you're making him look like a like a noble family man when he exploited a bunch of people for money yeah and there's a youtuber who talked about the greatest showman and i think he said that there were stories about how he was Going on to her, onto Rebecca Ferguson's character, it wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like she was yeah. trying to home wreck. It was that he was trying to cheat with her. So and making a movie about the circus when circuses worldwide are like shutting down because of the unethical treatment of the animals, like just make La La Land two or something. <laughs> hey, no, well, you know what? I got no problem with La La Land two. But you are right. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're going to have to change some things because with the movie, you, you have to be dramatic and you also have to kind of make sure that the audience understands what's happening. And um, you're you're telling an event that may have taken place over years in a two hour time frame. Right. Very difficult. So I understand mm-hmm. sometimes you got to change things. But like trying to reframe a story 
just you, you, just to like, oh, this person was really good and stuff. That just sounds like pop propaganda to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that just sounds like okay. What are we doing here? Why are you trying to? I love it when there's like a BuzzFeed article. It's like here are all the people that were glorified in their films, but are actually pieces of shit. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the changes are for this film. I think you nailed it. Really curious to learn more about the real life events. How the team actually trained in real life compared to the movie. Kind of compare and contrast. Yeah, I'm really interested to see this. I liked the five minute clip that I saw on YouTube. Um, the ending basically. Oh my god. Yeah, I know how it ends, but I'm but but it's it's not the destination, it's the journey. So Yeah, that's true. I wanna learn about these characters, I wanna see why sports movies only really have two endings. <laughs> yes, they either win or lose. Either they win or, or they win and everything's good or they lose, but they've found themselves along the way and they'll get them next time. Yeah, the only movie <laughs> that kinda doesn't fit in that mold is like Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like the only uh, one. Or there might be more, but but yeah, it's... I, I'll never forget that one time someone was watching that movie on their lunch break and they're like, I know exactly what part they got to because they're like, is this how the rest of the movie is? <laughs> God, ah, that movie fucked me up. <laughs> uh, I think I said that as a kid. Wait, what happened? What? Is this it? <laughs> but yeah, but uh-huh. but look, Disney movie, about a Disney sports movie, obviously there's only two ways it's going to end. But again, I want to want to learn about them, want to compare them to the real life story. Just learn a little bit more about what Disney was planning with this movie, how they saw its success. And, you know, kind of maybe if that kind of led to them going in the direction that they would 20, 30 years later. I don't know. That, that's just me. I'm just a little curious. I thought it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about how this movie was made in the first place, because it is kind of a wacky premise. Um, I want to know more about the true story. Um, and I do kind of want to see what, I don't know. It was really fun on the last episode, going back to see what happened to all these people, uh, in their later careers in the movie business. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to do that a little bit with this one too. I know that the director of Cool Runnings went on to direct the Meg, (laughs) uh, wait, the, the Meg with Jason Statham? Yes. Oh, wow, that's a big leap. Oh, yeah. he also directed National Treasure. Classic. I love that movie. Okay. Um, yeah, so I kind of want to see what happened to Dougie Doug and um, Leon Robinson. That's. I think that's all we have right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, really excited to talk about this movie. Can't wait to, can't wait to share my thoughts. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to revisit this thing. Um, one, one thing that we should do before we send everybody off uh, where do we find this movie? Disney Plus, baby. Disney Plus. So if you don't have Disney Plus, you might have to go onto YouTube or Amazon to like pay the four dollar rental. But you know, if you've got Disney Plus, this movie's on there. I mean, look, man. Eventually, everyone's gonna get Disney Plus, man. I mean, we all want to know how the Mandalorian ends. We all want to see that season three. They got me. You mm-hmm. know, you know me. I wasn't a fan of the Mandalorian, but they got me eventually. So it's. Yes, when they started giving into nostalgia, they got you. No, no, bullshit. Okay, you know what? Next episode, we're going to talk about, when we come back, we're going to go into The Mandalorian. 
before we get in the cool runnings. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. All right. We will see you in one minute. We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> but they chose a sport. <laughs> They knew nothing about. Great. Very good. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Retrograde Podcast. We have just finished watching 1993's Cool Running. This is the first time George has seen it. So, George, what did you think of the movie? I really like the film. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's enjoyable. <laughs> uh, I kind of regret not watching this because I feel like as a kid, I would have loved this movie even more. Do you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. would have been like one of those quintessential childhood films. Oh, yeah. I really liked it. I thought it, it was the pace was great. The story was great. Like, it's it's everything a sports movie should be. Now, reading about the real life events. <laughs> different story. But overall, oh, first, yeah. first impressions walking or like, you know, closing up Disney Plus. I really liked the film. Yeah, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about it. Nothing but positive things to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Earlier, I said that like I don't think anything's gonna ruin this film for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, mostly true, but I definitely wasn't like enjoying parts of it that I used to. I was like, "Oh man, that wasn't funny. Oh man, that's not funny at all." And then some things would happen. I'd be like, "Okay, that's funny. I do like. I do still like this movie, but it's definitely like something that was made for children." I think. Absolutely. That's that's why I'm willing to forgive those jokes because you're especially in kid movies, you're always gonna have like those jokes that aren't really funny, but kids are gonna really like it. And it's like, well, you know, I think Disney, especially with this film, wanted to reach a general audience, old people, adults, young young kids. And it is nice when you have a children's movie that like every joke lands, everything's great, it's witty, blah 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 blah. Ah, this I I don't mind it. I don't mind some of the jokes on this one. They're so childish that I'm like, you know what? There's um, there's something just nice about it. You know, I need some of that childlike humor. But then there's like, how how are you portraying the Jamaicans as like? Why are they acting so so childish at at some points? Well, you could like, say it... you could say the same thing about like the Mighty Duck Kids. Um, but those are kids. <laughs> no, like in the sec- in the second one. And the thing is, this isn't an isolated incident to just Cool Runnings. This is like a Disney staple, and not not even a Disney staple. This is just a staple for like family films in general. Before we get into it, actually, you, you guys can watch this movie on Disney Plus. I recommend it. I think Austin, you do too. Just generally. Oh yes, absolutely. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And, it's definitely worth you, it. Hmm? And if if you don't want to watch it, at least look up the real story because it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's it makes you it makes you feel like you can do anything. This is your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the movie. Austin, do you want to give a quick summary on the film? OK, main character is Doris Bannock. He's the son of a Olympic runner who ran for Jamaica. 
and he really wants to be on the Olympic team for the I think it's this eighty the eighty eight Summer Olympics. Uh, and he's he's training, he's training, and everyone's excited for him. His best friend is Sanka Coffee, and he's like a push cart guy, which is it's kind of like soapbox derby, but more dangerous, I guess. And at the day of the like the tryouts for the Olympics, he's running and he's running with uh, Yul Brenner and Junior Beville. And Junior ends up falling, and then it trips Derice and and Junior and Yule, and none of them go to the Olympics. So he's kind of upset. He wants the race to be restarted, but they can't do that. They didn't restart the Olympics because somebody fell. Um, the commissioner, is he the mayor or something? I don't know. The guy in charge is like, well, you can't do that. You just go on, do something else. Maybe try out next year or in four years. In four years. <laughs> There's no next year at the Olympics. Uh, and then he sees a picture of his dad with some white guy. And he's like, who is this? And he's like, oh, that's just some crazy white guy who wanted to get Jamaican sprinters to be in a bobsled. And he's like, oh, is this is bobsled go to the Olympics? And he's like, yeah. Is he here on the island? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go meet this guy. By the way, what's a bobsled? <laughs> <laughs> so he meets Irv, the the coach, um, the bobsled guy. And Irv is played by John Candy, legendary comedian. This is one of the last movies he's ever done. And Irv is like, he doesn't want to do it, but, you know, they keep asking and asking, asking, and then you get him to do it. So then they, he recruits Sanka because Sanka's his best friend, and, and a push cart is kind of like a bobsled, so you have to come because you're my friend. And then they try to recruit a bunch of, of Jamaican sprinters, maybe the ones that didn't get into the Olympics, and they show, like, this reel of bobsledding, and it's just a bunch of crashes, so nobody wants to join, except for Yul Brenner who's one of the guys that was tripped. He's just like this big, like muscly guy who's scary. Um, and he's like, I want to do it because I want to go to the Olympics. And then Junior shows up and Junior and Yule or Yule like chases Junior around because he's mad at him. But Junior's like, I'm, I want to be on the Olympics too. And no one else is here. So this is the Olympics team. They practice with push guards. It's mostly comedy. They're like falling over and stuff. They're trying to raise money. There's like a kissing booth scene. Uh, Sanka has this like song that he's trying to to develop to sing on the streets to raise money. Eventually, um, Junior is like a rich kid, but his dad wants him to to be like a lawyer or something. But Junior doesn't want to, so he he has money, sort of. But he ends up raising money for the team by selling his car, so they're all able to go to the Calgary Winter Olympics. When they get there, Derice finds out that the reason Irv was like a disgraced bobsledder is because he was cheating. And that's how he got his, he had to give up his gold medals. But he sticks with the team. They, they keep practicing and practicing. They get used to the cold climate. Derice idolizes the Swiss team and he tries to like copy some things that they do to help his team. But it doesn't really work well with, with his team. They're like, why, the, why are you trying to make a Swiss or, or Jamaican? So the, their first race is not so good. Their second race is better. And then by the third race, everyone's like watching them. The, his family is excited to see them on, on, on TV. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. And they have like a really good start to the race. But their, their bobsled is like a rickety old thing that the like 
God as a favor and it like falls apart like on a really bad turn and they end up like crashing and it looks really, really, really bad. Like the guy, Darius's head is like, the, the, the bobsled is sideways. His head is on the railing of the ice. So it's like this really uncomfortable like angle and he's just sliding down for like, I think he said 60 yards and they get up out of their car. They see the finish line. They see the medics coming down to help them. And they're like, no, 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 we're okay. We're going to finish the race. So they heroically pick up their bobsled and walk down to the finish line. And then the other teams that were like bullying them earlier, they were like, good job, Jamaica. We'll see you in four years. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I, it's very straightforward, very typical sports movie. But we, like we have said before, predictability isn't a bad thing. Sometimes a movie is just going to run the same course that hundreds of other movies have done it before. But it really is what the what. How does this movie differ from previous sports films? And it's very much the premise and the characters of a Jamaican bobsled team, which is a really kind of funny premise because <laughs> i mean i guess it snows in jamaica a little bit but they don't practice in the snow though they, they don't <laughs> they don't practice in the snow they don't and and not even in real life they didn't they actually went to austria in real life and competed there for a little bit before they went to the calgary olympics but they they practice in the snow a lot more than they did in the movie <laughs> So, you know, it's it's that premise, but it's also the, the main characters that are really just great to follow. Doris and Sanka alone are a really great duo. You could have made a movie just really about them. And then you add in Yo Brenner and um the the last Junior. Junior. And it's just nice like the back and forth that they have and like the little stories yes. that Yo and uh Junior have, especially Junior. He's incredible. Yeah, I think Junior's probably the character i'm the most invested in i think he's actually the only one that is born in in the caribbean none of the other guys are are even close oh the actors <laughs> the act yeah none of them are jamaican really really <laughs> just junior just junior but junior is born in um he's not he's not born in jamaica but he's born in the caribbean it's uh what was it called Tr trinidad oh gotcha okay no, but he he had a great story. I loved everyone. Doris, I loved his story about wanting to live up to his father, and there's like a great little lesson about winning there. And just Yo Yo Brenner too. He, I mean, he, I mean, obviously he's kind of he's like the brawn, like selfish, like I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna get off this island, do making my own way, and I'm gonna live here. <laughs> he is that character that you know he is rough around the edges but he does have he does have a rapport that he builds with his other teammates to the point where he kisses the egg at the end and yeah. what's so cool about this movie is that it's very much like one of the aspects of it that makes it distinct it's it's emphasis on jamaican pride like it, it this is i mean it's probably not authentic jamaican vibes but it, it very much feels like it's somewhat rooted in that culture where it's like we are Jamaican. This is Jamaican. Obviously, not the filmmaking, like in terms of of a business. Well, sense. they they did film in Jamaica, so you you get the 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 feeling that you're learning about Jamaica, but you're not really learning very much about Jamaica. No, well, this is this <laughs> this is an image of Jamaica from a Walt Disney company, from the Walt Disney company, an American company, by a, predominantly a lot of white filmmakers. 
but there is like in the script there seems to be like a lot of like you're jamaican be happy we're not the swiss we're jamaican you know like we have to do what we have yes. to do and there's it's like almost this... like a universal sense of be who you are not who everyone else is exactly which is very key to a story like this you know i mean take the jamaican aspect of it you have a group you have a group of athletes who are going into a sport that they are unfamiliar with so mm-hmm. in in a sense it's almost like you have to um assimilate yourself into that sport right and you have to kind of learn the ways that the other sport works because they're not in the movie they're not they're not bobsledders they're not even part of the winter olympic group of sports they're runners right complete opposite so there is this sense of wanting to learn this other sport but still being true to who you are and and that's something that i found really interesting with yule because he almost dislikes jamaica he feels like it's old holding yeah. him back he wants more and you know kind of see him acclimate more with the other guys with the other bob sledders um and kind of feel that sense of pride that he had that the other men have for their country it's really nice. Like it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that. Um, and again, we've seen his characters hundreds of time. The the heart of like the ice heart guy at the beginning who finds a way to be a nice guy by the end or something. You know, like we've seen that done before. But there's something really cool about Yul Brenner that I really liked. <laughs> it's um it, the characters are. This doesn't different. mean that I like you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and like in that big fight. Where Junior stands up to himself. Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite and, and, scenes. Yeah, and Yul Brenner's the one. He, again, Junior costs Yul and Doris their chance to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And when Yul stands up for you, Junior, I'm like, oh, it feels genuine. It feels real. You know? it. Yeah, because it's not like all of a sudden he likes him. It's over time. They, there's like an argument that he has with that Yul has with Sanka because Sanka's reading comic books. He's like, this is for a child. And then he's like, I'm going to live when I grow up I'm, or when I become famous at the, from the Olympics, I'm going to live here. And he points to the picture of Buckingham Palace. And Sanka laughs at him and tells him that's where the queen lives. And then Junior says, well, my dad started off in a shack. And you know what? If you wants to do something, he just has to put his mind to it and work really hard. Maybe he'll get it. We need more Yules in the world. Yule. That's where the Queen of England lives. Face it, Yule Brenner. You can start calling yourself Madonna, but you're still gonna end up in an hotel shanty like every other dock working nobody. It says who? It says me, rich boy. What do you know about it? Well, I know my father started off in a one-room hut. Now he lives in one of the biggest homes in Kingston. Well, he ain't your father. He doesn't have to be. All he has to do is know what he wants and work hard for it. And if he wants it bad enough, he'll get it. Look, believe me, Sanka, the more Yule Brenners we got making it in this world, the better off this world would be, especially for Jamaicans. Go ahead, Yule Brenner. You go get your palace. You know, and I think that that Yule maybe feels seen by Junior a little bit more than Sanka. So when someone's picking on Junior later on in the film, now Yule is more inclined to help him out. Absolutely. That was a great scene. That was so beautiful. And 
it was a beautiful scene and it was also kind of tragic because on some level yule's never gonna get to buckingham palace do, do, you, do you know what i mean from mm. an institutional standpoint um he he could get very far but there i mean the world is very yeah, much kate a- mill what's her name um the other one i don't know some queen of england or something I mean, the the world's very much not set up for the Yule Brenners, right? And, and by that, I mean a black Jamaican. Do you know what I mean? Like, do, like on an mm-hmm. institutional standpoint, what Junior is saying is really nice. I, I, it's it's very inspirational, and it's it's right. He is right to a certain extent, but it is also slightly tragic because the Yules will not get a Buckingham Palace. He might get. He, I don't know how close he ever will get. It, yeah. He might work really Meghan hard. Markle, Meghan Markle, that's her name. Meghan, Meghan Markle. Markle couldn't even get into Buckingham Palace. Well, and look at what uh. she went through. It, <laughs> you know, it's it was a really beautiful scene that you get swept up. And the longer you think about it, there is this like... When he when Sanka said, that's Buckingham Palace, because I didn't recognize it at first either. When he said <laughs> Buckingham Palace, I was like, the realization of... Of, re- of the real life kind of came in a little bit and it was like oh oh he, he he's never gonna get there that's it's impossible and that's what makes junior speech really nice but still makes the scene a little tragic and it was, it was i don't know it was a beautiful scene and this movie kind of treads that line between um being really funny and heartfelt but also being like kind of poignant about the systems in place racism you know, it's very briefly, very briefly around racism. It, it doesn't. This movie isn't about racism, but there is this feeling of the outsider. Hey, Blitzer. Why don't you put some training views on that sled? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> very funny. You want to kiss my egg? I'm not kissing no egg. Suit yourself. Now, listen up, fellas. I don't want you to worry about looking good out there. Ah, Blitzy. You're going to tuck them into? <laughs> hey, seem into you like nobody likes us. We're different. People are always afraid of what's different. Hey, Jamaica! Watch out for number 12 turn. It's scary, huh? What's his problem? He's Josef Gruel. He's one of the best drivers in the world. Yeah, he's one of the biggest assholes in the world, too. <laughs> well, don't listen to him. You listen to me. It's never explicitly said we don't want you here because you're black. As far as I can remember, the movie doesn't say that. Well, he says, you don't belong here, Jamaica. Well, exactly. But it's it's this, it's this very much uh, rooted in the fact that they're outsiders because this isn't their sport. They've never, Jamaica's never competed in this sport. You're not, you don't, you're not one of us. But a, a little and then bit. The, the us are all white people. <laughs> exactly. Well, that scene where they, they, they take their rickety little bobsled up to the... Uh, to the test run you know you have the the jamaican bobsled team walking up and then there's like that shot that's panning from everyone looking at them all white people all staring at them all quiet and i mean you know the movie isn't blatantly talking about racism but you get what that shot's doing do you know what i mean like subtextually like you know what's happening underneath this they're not welcomed. Mm-hmm. And you could put whatever reason you want it to be because they're Jamaican, they're not a real bobsledding team, they're black or whatever. But that's what's really cool about a scene and a shot like that. It's it's underneath. It's it's there, you know, that tension. 
There's also the the way that Jerice tries to emulate the Swiss team mm. in order to fit in. I I think that is a thing that happens. Oh, similarly, yeah, hundred percent. You have a a black person get into a job with with that's with a bunch of white people. They feel like they have to change how they talk and change how they dress and, and everything to to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they'll maybe someone will say like a kind of racist joke. You don't want to be the person that stands out and stands up for themselves. Maybe you just like, haha, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But secretly you're dying inside. I think that happens a lot. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he does it because he, I mean, Doris does it because he looks up to the Swiss team. And he wants to be as fast, as good as them. Because he thinks they're, they're the best. But that's not, that. that's not really what they need. You know, the moment he tries to psych them up where he's hitting their helmets, he's like, what are you doing? It's like, that's what the Swiss do. <laughs> and when, if you, you know, when, when Sanka is like counting them down, he does it in Swiss. What, what do Swiss speak? In German. Oh, they speak German? Well, he, the count, the counting is in German. He, I think they're trying to simulate. dry. Yeah. They're trying to simulate the other teams. Jamaica doesn't speak. The German isn't a language that they speak. I mean, I don't know, but that, that's not them. And you get that sense. Mm-hmm. It's not until the very end when they do the one, you know, the feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you do get the sense that Doris is trying to assimilate, you know, because, again, it's it, I mean, in a in a positive way, because he's trying to be as good as the people that he looks up to. But it's detrimental to their performance. And the film kind of says that they need to find themselves. They need to kind of. Be they need to be bobsledders, but they need to be Jamaican bobsledders. You know, when a Swiss one again, oh, 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 when you Swiss. shut up about the damn Swiss, I mean, it was all that Eins Wein dry nonsense that got us all nervous in the first place. Hey man, look here, I'm just trying to get us off on the right foot. Well, the right foot for us is not the Swiss foot. I mean, come on, dearies, we can't be copying nobody else's style. We have our own style. Kissing an egg is no kind of style. It's the Olympics here. This is no stupid pushcart derby. Let me tell you something, Rasta. I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from. And neither did I. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. So am I. And the best I can be is Jamaican. Look. Therese, I've known you since Julie Jeffries asked to see you dingling. And I'm telling you as a friend, if we look Jamaican, walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican, then we sure as hell better bobsled Jamaican. And that's the key. It's um, it's a, it's beautiful, man. I I it's look very simple, straightforward film, right? I wouldn't even, you know, it, it's not uh, a high point of cinema. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's not. You know what I mean? But. It's not a high point of cinema. It's, it's, Jesus. It, well, come on. I mean, it's no, you know, <laughs> Citizen Kane or, you know, some French wave movie or whatever. But what I like is that it's very enjoyable. I cared a lot. I mean, how many films yeah. do we watch nowadays where we watch it and it's just like, I don't care about anything. I don't care what's happening. I'm bored. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care. And here you have a, a one hour and 38 minute film. They don't make them like that anymore. They, they don't. <laughs> Everything needs to be two hours, two hours and 30. 
it's a simple, straightforward story. And I guarantee you, most people could have seen what was going to happen. Well, again, like you said, there are only two outcomes in a sports movie. They either <laughs> win or lose. That's, that's it, the... No, you either win or you lose, but you, you found yourself along the way. Or you're the people's champ. Do you know what I mean? And yet, sports movie do this for us. They're just like, God damn, man, this, this feels good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what was so cool was I did spoil this for myself a while ago. Um, I saw the ending. I saw the crash mm-hmm. on YouTube and watching it again. It it kind of just it, I got into the scene. Do you know? Like I really got in yeah. it. I was even more invested. Yeah, it's funny how they set that up because you, for the first time, you see the inside of the bobsled and you see Darius's legs go in and him grab like the the controls and it's like, whoa, we never saw that before what's happening <laughs> oh yeah and then you see the the bolt coming loose and you're like oh no man and then, uh it's it's a it's it's very great like setup for for that uh-huh it, uh, it's a great it's a great climax it's it's like the only it's one of the only things that actually happened in the real life story <laughs> yeah you read up on it the real life story even... and holy shit is it different it didn't even happen that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I watched some uh, interviews with the real guys behind the behind the actual team mm-hmm. in '88, and he's talking about how in in real life it was my mistake because we came in on the turn too hard. We we were sitting kind of weird, and I I made a mistake and crashed, and my head hit the the rail. I had to let my life flash before my eyes, but I like the movie version better. It was was the bobsled's fault, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the real life story is very different. Uh, So I'm, you know, I mean, we're talking about spoilers, but here's spoilers for the real life events. The Jamaicans did not do well. Uh, The bobsled team did not do well. A lot. They changed a lot of stuff. Originally, it started off as a two person bobsled team. That eventually they brought in two more people to compete in the four man bobsled team. So it wasn't that the four-man team was created first. It was two. Then they brought in two others. Yeah. But as I think it works better as a movie about four guys. Oh, yes. 100%. Than it does as a movie about two guys. But ultimately, the, the bobsled team was more than two guys because you have to have people like be backups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there were two drivers, but one quit. And there were four, there were four people three people on the team at first and then they brought in somebody else and then they got hurt and then they had to like fill in somebody at the last second yeah. crazy stuff this movie makes you realize how dangerous bobsledding is oh yeah 80 miles per hour and you you hit your head on the ice that i don't know how you don't die from that before watching this movie i was like why is bobsledding a sport like i, I, I <laughs> like i know that's a i know that's like a very like it's a very ignorant thing to say, but I honestly felt it. I was mm-hmm. like, why is bobsledding a sport? They're literally only running for like the first 10 seconds or whatever. Is there really athleticism to it? It doesn't seem like it seems more fun than anything. Like I'd love to go bobsledding, like watching <laughs> the little snippets on the Olympic YouTube channel. Where it's like, oh, here are the bobsled highlights. Watching this movie made me realize, holy shit, is bobsledding so fucking dangerous. Oh, yeah. This thing is, and that's due to like the cinematography and the editing, because they'll have those shots yeah. of like the POV of the bobsled where it, it shows you how fast it's going, and you're c- cutting corners, and there's like some angles where 
you can't see past the corner in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Like you're only seeing the turn. Yeah. You can't see past that. So you. It's 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 not like you're in like a, a third person like rally sports game where you can see the turns because you're in third person well, it's, up ahead. It's not even like you in NASCAR, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like in NASCAR. Yeah, it's not. There's one turn. There's one turn. Or like I guess four turns, but it's always the same. And you could you could turn your head and you could see the opposite side of the track, in a racing uh, sport. You know you could turn your head. There are maybe some turns that you can't see exactly, but bobsledding is almost like when you're headed for a turn, you can't see anything past that turn. So you you have to remember everything. Like memory take makes from the movie. Memory plays a big part. In the race. Yeah, Darius has to memorize the turns so that he knows how much what he's actually supposed to do when he's controlling the bobsled. That that speech, that little thing that Irv says, where he's like, You can't be the steering guy. The steering guy's like the most important one. You have to take care of your teammates. You have to memorize the, the track and all the turns and when they come in. At that moment I was like, Oh shit, this might be a lot more dangerous than I realized. Like this might be harder than I realized. Bobsled yes. is a lot harder, and then you you see their trials, and you're like, "Holy shit, is it like this thing is wild?" And that little montage mm-hmm. that they had of all the accidents, woo! Those those accidents, none of them looked as bad as what happened to the actual Jamaican team. Well, there was none of them look as bad. as No, that. there was one where I saw someone like fly up and land really badly. I was like, "That looked like it hurt." And the problem with that is the bobsled could could land on top of you and if it's so heavy it could crush you but damn the crash that the jamaicans had was fucking brutal and even with that rickety old sled the jamaicans are flying through the turns this does not look good something's got to be wrong the jamaicans on a record pace as they fly almost out of control around the turn now the speed seems too much and i don't think he's going to be able to hold it Oh my god! I don't. And the way I don't even think that they filmed it. I don't think that they remade it. They just strip used the uh, archive footage from the 1998 1988 crash. Well, they they cheated it. Um, they used the footage from the actual event, but I imagine that because that's done so dangerous, they didn't actually want to replicate it. But they they had those angles of where we see Darius's helmet hitting the side of the track. I imagine that was cheated somehow, you know, like the, the bobsled was on his side with a stunt double and like they had like a wall that moved up against his helmet. So the wall's moving or something, I, I, they must have cheated it one way or another because they had those those few inserts and those inserts really sell how fast and how fucking dangerous this sport is it, mm-hmm. like those close ups of Darius's helmet, like hitting the wall. Oh my god. Like it freaks you out. And when Sanka says like are you dead? Part of me's like I know he's not dead, but he kind of should be. Like it's crazy. It, it, man, this movie made me respect the hell out of bobsledding. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that shit ever. 
Like, this movie scared me straight. <laughs> scared me straight. Yeah. Kids, don't do bobsledding. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Even practicing it when they were going downhill, uh, you know, in Jamaica. Dude, the push cart shit looks dangerous, too. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck is that? God, I'll just stick with swimming. <laughs> I'm good with none of this. Yeah, this movie, and I'm, I have the IMDb page open mm-hmm. uh, where they have photos of the movie. And there's some yeah. of DeReese just looking petrified in that cart <laughs> when they're practicing. <laughs> and I'm like, that probably wasn't acted. He might have been scared. Yeah, I, I feel like that them rehearsing the push cart scene looked so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> Are they okay? Hey, what? this movie did a great job of, of selling the speed of bobsledding and just how dangerous it is. That accident was oh, yeah. insane. And it's, it's funny how you can have this. Well, I think it's because the crash was mostly from the actual footage, mm-hmm. but... There's another crash that happens earlier on in the film that's just really funny. Because <laughs> you see how fast they're going, and then the camera keeps tracking, and then it goes, they go through a tunnel, and then the camera goes to where you expect them to exit the tunnel, but you just hear, like, a crash. Just, like, a someone in the Foley studio just banging all these pans together and then, like, rolling a wheel or something. Yeah. <laughs> like a trash can lid or something. <laughs> and then he's like... Hey, Sanka, you dead? He's like, yeah, I'm on. <laughs> but I, I, that's what I was going to say. Um, the the cinematography with those bobsled scenes were incredible. They were really good. The POV shots from the bobsled, the the reactions of the men, especially in that last one where you see the mechanics of bobsledding. You're seeing it from the from the telecast, uh, telecaster's uh, cameras. It's really great. It's intense. And even though it's not a, a competitive like, uh, you know, team versus team. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, basketball or, like, a sprint. It's still very intense. Like, in those other sports, it's two people or two teams that are opposing that are going head-to-head, right? Running a lap, mm-hmm. making a basketball hoop or whatever. But in this movie, it's all by time trial. Yet, yeah. yet the editing and the cinematography, it all comes together really well where it you get that same rush as if you were seeing like a boxing match or someone about to hit a home run or you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was really man i got into it and i'm just like also you're you're invested in the characters too you're, you're seeing these people come together and then become good friends so you don't want them to lose after they became such good friends and you, you see how much it means to the people back home in jamaica that's exactly what i was gonna say 100 percent. not just we're not just rooting for them, but we're also rooting for the people of Jamaica who are rooting for the team and just seeing their reactions and the kids writing down the times, keeping, keeping the track of it and cheering for them. Even though a lot of them didn't believe in the team. There's that montage where Teresa's is looking for investors and they're all just laughing in this face because they can't believe it. <laughs> and the fact that all these people come together by the end and are cheering them on, it's beautiful. It all just culminates to a great climactic scene. That ultimately yeah. is sad. But it, it's also happy because, you know, they learned the real lesson of sports. What's the real lesson of sports? You got to be first. If you're not first, you're last. No, no, no. What's the Bobby? What's the <laughs> Talladega Nights thing? Second pl- That's the thing. The second place is the first first loser or something. I, I don't know. I'm misquoting the movie. But no, the you know, the kind of the message of the movie is that... Um, it's, it's about having pride in trying, in putting in the effort. Maybe you won't succeed in winning a medal, but it's about 
having pride in yourself, feeling that you have uh, honored your parents, your country, each other. You know, it's about the bonds that mm-hmm. you create in the process. You know, it's a great message. I, I, I think we're also focused on winning gold and silver and bronze that it's like yes those are really nice but these these guys made history and like the something that they said when they interviewed them about like oh what was like being on the 1988 first ever jamaican bobsled team Uh, one of the guys says if we didn't crash there would there would be no jamaican bobsled team now because they they are still competing 2022 they're competing right now they have a I think uh, a race in the on the twentieth, maybe. I think the women's team. There would be there would be no cool runnings. There'd be no movie. There'd be no women's team. Like the Jamaican Bubs. Like once that movie happened, they got sponsored to continue competing at the Olympics. Isn't that crazy? That's beautiful, man. I, the movie's very different from what happened in real life. Very but, different. But and in fact, the the driver he didn't like the movie at first. He thought that it was too funny because, like in real life, we weren't laughing. We, it was very hard. That that's actually going to be, in terms of filmmaking, I have a lot of positive things to say. I really don't have any negative critiques. Really, um, none that from a first time viewing I can really think of. I think. My own conflict just comes about the way they adapted it. Because on one hand, I love the movie that they made. And I could see myself watching Mm -hmm. this movie again and again. But thinking about it from the perspective of the bobsledders, the real ones, I don't know if I would be in love with this movie. Especially when I saw it. Because it changes a lot. And it almost romanticizes and it Disneyfies their experience. Do you know what I mean? Everything we saw in the film, I'm sure they went through. The stairs, the mockery, people saying says, that people saying that you're gonna you're an embarrassment to your country and your sport. What the fuck, dude? How is that? Like, do 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 you know what I mean? Like, if if I went through all that and then I see a mo- a family movie that kind of just glosses over that stuff, I'd be like kind of pissed. Well, the I believe his name is Dudley Dudley Stokes. He says that they they weren't as um hostile towards them he said that it was it was very much exaggerated in the, in the movie oh okay oh so it wasn't no oh. they they didn't have to like beg for uh, a sled either I, but they did they didn't get a like a, a really really good sled either they had someone in canada donated it to them because <laughs> it was in the shed that, that was forgotten about and like oh, oh you don't have a sled here use this oh that's nice I think from a because the Jamaican team in real life did not do well at all. They were like second to last place, I think, in terms of time trials, and there were. Well, if you're in a DNF, you you don't place because they're since they crashed, they were disqualified. Well, they so they were in last. Place. There were four trials in real life. There were four trials. The movie only has three. They crashed in the third one. In the first two, they did not place well. They placed second to last, second to last, or third to last. They had no chance at the medal, which this movie says, oh, the Jamaicans have a chance at the gold medal or at at an Olympic medal if they do really well. Uh, The Jamaicans in real life would have had to have hit like a world setting record in order to even place for a medal. Um, So they did not. Or everyone else needed a crash. Exactly. Or everyone else needed a crash. Exactly. So 
And obviously that doesn't happen. They crashed on their third one, DNF. I don't... It's tough because it's almost like you're watering down what happened. Or, or you're just you're changing the story to make it more comfortable for people to consume. It's almost like the creators were embarrassed in a way. Being like, oh my god, they did so shitty. We can't have them do that shitty. You know, we'll keep a few elements. Do you know what I mean? I can't... I, I'm not saying that that's exactly how I feel, but it. I almost get the sense of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between these two places where I really enjoy the film. And there's part of me where it's like, you could have been a bit more authentic. But... How would how would you have kept the humor and I don't know I'm that's why this movie was um, in development for a while because they had multiple directors multiple screenwriters come through and some said that they wanted a more dramatic film it's a it's a tough story to tell just because of the dynamics how far do you go with the reality of it that they just did not do good at all versus telling a story that's going to resonate with people with generations it it resonated with you. If the film had been more dramatic, would have had the same effect on you. I don't no. know. I I really did like Remember the Titans as well. Yeah, that's a very dramatic movie. Well, well, exactly. <laughs> the thing that that like kind of made me hmm think about it was like, why is it that we always like we have like this vision of Jamaica as like everyone's just happy and and relaxing and, and you know, mm-hmm. doesn't that feel a little um, like we're infantilizing them a little bit? Uh. I think well, as a culture, you could definitely make that argument. In terms of the film, I don't think so. Because the film isn't really making a statement about Jamaica as a whole. I don't think so. Not really. Not not as a whole. It it But there's there's just some stuff where it's just like could you like there's that scene when they're trying to to get John Candy to like join them, mm-hmm. right? And they're like stacked on top of each other in the bathroom stall. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Could you could you see like two like white dudes doing that to John Candy in a movie about another bobsled team? Oh yeah, I could yeah. Totally, I could see that gag. Yeah, okay. I I I could see that. I mean, trying to go through the film, I get what you're saying, and I do especially especially culturally. I think we definitely do that a hundred percent. In terms of the movie. No real clear example comes. I, I think this goes back to what you were saying. Like, could I see these gags being played out in other films with the same kind of story? Yeah. I could. I could see, like, the Sanka character being, like, the, the goofball mm-hmm. being in every other type of film. There isn't anything really here that's like, oh, that's kind of a weird Jamaican, like, a weird Jamaican joke. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, when he steps out of the, the airport and they're like, Sanka, what are you smoking? Oh, okay, 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 I think, okay, you totally reminded me about that. I forgot about that joke, but yeah, okay, some, okay. How how about when he's in the freezer and his dreadlocks break off? Mm. Eh, not some, that one's a bit, I'll give you half on that one. The, The smoking one was, I totally forgot about it, but you are absolutely right about that one, 100%. The hair thing, I mean, I've never seen that gag being played on a movie. Could I? See? I don't know. It just it just feels like like I I know some people like there's like a school in in Maryland or something that 
was going to play a bunch of sports movies and then they were like wait a minute this is this is a racist movie we're not going to play this with this one is yes with cool Um, runnings with cool runnings yes they said Um, it was racist yes why what was the reasoning uh well because a lot of the gags are look at black people dealing with the cold and the white savior stereotype okay I was just thinking about it. Like, I'm not saying the movie is racist, but there's some stuff in it where it's like, I feel like sometimes we're we're laughing at, at Jamaicans. And I think at times we're like too comfortable doing the Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've said mon like three times now. I'm like, should mm-hmm. I really even be doing that? Well, I, I mean, again, I think I'll say this. I think it goes back to the cultural thing. I think it goes back to how America views Jamaica because we have a very... A specific view about Jamaica. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. w- like, it is a beautiful island where there's a bunch of weed, right? Like, that is Americans' view of Jamaica, right? And, I mean, how many people have done the accent? Like, not just in movies, in just in general. In, in life. It, like, it, in life. There was, there's, like, a YouTube series where, like, this guy, this, um, this black dude in England, not Jamaican, he just like wears the a Rasta hat and he like tries to get people to say things in Jamaican accents. Yeah. And there there is a Jamaican in the comments was like, as a Jamaican, this is very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel like we're a little too comfortable doing the, the accent and, and stuff. So. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree. And I, I think I think like people saying that isn't so much to this movie. I think it's just culturally. Um, I, for example, thinking about it, like in GTA four. There's a side character. What's his name? He's a he's a Big, Jamaican. No. Um, little little Jacob. Little Jacob. You have little Jacob, and like he's kind of one of your like go to partners that you could like use throughout the game. But it's kind of that. It's that. It's that like. It's like a stereotype. Yes, right? exactly. Now, like for example, you pointed out two jokes that kind of flew by by me. Uh, the hair one. Yes and no. Um, I mean, like, it, I'm, I'm not saying it is mm-hmm. or it isn't. I'm just like, could it be? No, 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 no. I, I, and, and I'm leaning a little more towards no because that statement that, oh, Cool Runnings is racist, it's like, I don't, I, I wouldn't go that far. I think, I think that's going too far with it. Now, again, though, have some things aged well. You could make the argument that they haven't, like that smoking joke, which you said, which is very much playing on the fact that, oh, Jamaicans smoke weed a lot. Ha ha ha. Okay. And and what's so weird is that it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney family movie. And they don't ever as far as I can remember, they don't ever really bring up weed. No. So so what's the reason? Do you know what I mean? Like It's like something for the adults, I guess. I don't know. But but there's no need to though. I'll very much give you that one. That joke has not aged well. The other one, eh. Again, I maybe I'm just not dis, uh, I'm just not agreeing a whole lot with the kids that, or the school that said we, this movie's racist. I'd I'd want to know why they think that, like more examples of it. Because for me to say a movie's racist, it it's almost like a gut feeling, or it's like that. It's like what that judge said about porn. Like I don't know exactly how to define porn, but I know it when I see it. I think kind of racism is like that. It's a bit more nuanced, obviously. But, like, I definitely remember seeing yeah. movies where it's like, ooh, that's bad. Like, that's like not... It, 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 like, 
it hurts. Yes. It, it's like something that inside you, it's like, um, what? <laughs> exactly. And I never really got that feeling with this movie. Uh, obviously, yeah, I'm not I, I'm not Jamaican or black, so, but I'm sure a lot of black people like this movie. I think this this movie has had a huge following, as far as I know. Huge following. Yeah. So I, and there are there are there was a I think a, a group of athletes that went and they did a Halloween costume as the the Jamaicans from this movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, they wore blackface. Oh, they were in blackface. Yeah. Like that's clearly racist, yes, right? Yes, yes, that's that is so that's super racist. Um, that's but how how do you how do you go from? I don't know. It it feels like there's like a different kind of racism that Jamaicans experience. Yes, 100%. that we we're not really aware of. So I don't know the actual team, the the four original guys. They they do like this movie. They do they were concerned about being portrayed in a stereotypical way. They say that they like this movie. They don't say anything is, is too stereotypical. They see it's like a feel-good, human interest movie. So, like, okay, none of them are too upset about it. So, I guess it's not. But there's also, like, I don't know. Maybe they're saying that because they don't want to cause trouble. I don't, I'm not sure. I think there's merit to what they're saying. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't want to cause, cause trouble. But, like, I think we have gotten to the point where a lot more people are willing to question the films that we grew up with. Right. I mean, uh, what was the one, the other Disney one, um, song of the South. A lot of people grew up with that one. People loved it. I think it was one of the Mm -hmm. highest grossing films or it got an Oscar, some shit like that. Right. It was a very popular film, but as generations have gone along, people have been way more inclined to call bullshit on that movie. And, and that's happened. That's happened a lot, especially in the past few years where people are like, Hey, you know what? That movie's bullshit. This movie hasn't aged well. I mean, how many movies? I mean, that's one of the reasons we do this podcast. What's aged yeah. or not? So far, I haven't seen anything about Cool Runnings. Now, again, I'm not going to say it's not racist. I'm also not going to say it's not not racist because I'm not Jamaican or black. So, And the racism that they experience is very different. You know, you see a white guy with a Rastafarian hat and it's like, oh, that that's, adrian brody oh my god oh my god jesus christ or or you hear people do the accent you know and you immediately know what's that what's that referring to so i think we're gonna have to see time if time tells i don't think it's a negative depiction but i mean shit you pointed out two examples that already made me question the film do you know what i mean yeah like i don't think it ruins the movie like no. i didn't i didn't feel that when watching it but like i I was like, by the end of it, I'm like, Art, wait a minute. I don't think any of these guys are Jamaican. <laughs> uh, and I looked it up, and none of them are. Well, except like, the Junior. Junior, oh, he's, well, not he, Jamaican, he, he's not Jamaican. He's from Trinidad. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the area, in the Caribbean islands. Yeah. I mean, there's oh. definitely an aspect to that. And we are getting to the age where these are decisions that we are questioning as a general audience. I mean, I mean, you'll have some people who say, look, they're not Jamaican. But they were great. So they should have, should they have been Jamaican? The actors were good. They did their job. And at least as an American watching it, there was nothing that seemed particularly stereotypical about their accent or the way they spoke. Now maybe Jamaicans might feel differently, which we'd have to we we'd have to see how they feel about it. Yeah. But I, like there's some parts of the island where the the language that they speak is 
would be hard for an American audience to understand. Mm -hmm. It's like the the patois, or I think it's patois, Jamaican patois mm -hmm. or, or Creole. I'm not I'm not sure. It's like it's like a combination of French and and stuff. Yeah, the, the expressions are different. Like maybe that's how they would talk on the parts of the island they were from. Maybe not, but an American audience wouldn't be able to understand it. So they'd probably make it sound Jamaican but be in English. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That authenticity is maybe something that you miss out on. But maybe, but the actors did well. We never noticed it. We didn't think it was a bad thing. Maybe Jamaicans did notice it, though. And that's something that is in conversation a lot nowadays. I mean, we're talking about um, uh, actors being, being said, hey, you're not, you're not British. You know, why are you, do, do you know, that's like a general one. Uh, there was one, uh, what is it? Um, some, some actress, um, is playing uh, a, a Jewish character who who the actress is not Jewish, and someone mm -hmm. called her out. It's like that's kind of weird. And your actor's like, "Well, I'm an actress, you know. If I could if I could look the part, if I could do it appropriately without being offensive, borderline being a caricature, you know, that's that's the part of it. Which, and I mean, we're we're even doing that with uh, sexual orientations now. You know, if you're a straight mm -hmm. person, you can't be playing a gay person, except in some exceptions." But if you're a gay person, you can be you can play straight because gay people have been doing it for so long. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, again, I don't I think it's a case by case scenario. I can't put a blanket rule on everything. But these are yeah. the conversations that we are having more now than ever before. So I'm very curious to see kind of what's going to happen from here on out with Cool Runnings, because I think it's a well-made film and its heart is oh, very yeah. much in the right place. But you're good. But you may have people like that Philadelphia school say, and eh, this movie's not gonna oh, it's fly. Not, it's it was in Massachusetts. Oh, sorry, Massachusetts. You might have like kids in that school say, eh, "This this is not the way. <laughs> this is not <laughs> this is yeah. not gonna fly in a few years." So I'm curious to say, I'm leaning towards it's going to age a little bit better. I mean, that's that's why we do this to see where things are headed. Mm -hmm. And by by the end of it, you know, you're not seeing them as like these comedy characters. You're like genuinely heartbroken for them when they lose. Yes. And you feel you you feel for them. You see them as people. So I don't think the movie is racist, but there's some stuff that's like, hmm, I I don't know about that one. It's questionable. It's like they're they're kind of few and far between. You know those those moments where I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I man, I really could not think of any moment. But then you brought up that smoking one, and I was like, oh shit, you know, the the black people with the cold with the colds. I was like, well, they're from an island that where there's no snow. The whole joke about the movie yeah. is them being bobsledders. That's the that's the premise. Yeah. So I was like, them being very sensitive to the cold makes a lot of sense. But then there's like how much how much you like overplay how you know how much they're uncomfortable with the cold well, like there's one poster with with them and just they're like just shivering and they're acting like they're really cold and it's like i don't know about this picture well, yeah I, like I, I don't mind that picture because it i think it that picture sells the premise the, the, the kind of wacky premise that's like well yeah but it's it's so like cartoonish and it looks like john candy's like photoshopped in the back <laughs> it just looks really bad but the other one, when they're all just like, like, hey, look, we're on this, we got the sled, and John Candy's still looks like he's photoshopped. Yeah. <laughs> that one looks a little better. Oh yeah, well, you have the four of them, like uh, Sanka's in like overalls. 
They're like yeah, in front of the one. finish line one. It, they don't they're not shivering or anything. They they look like a nice little happy family. <laughs> um <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, the whole conversation about whether one movie is completely racist or not is those those movies are so few and far between. Do you know what I mean? Like movies that are absolutes. In most cases, it's it is a scale, a spectrum, and you can't have great movies that have horrible messages or that are messages that haven't aged well. And mm-hmm. know, that's that's what we need to do culturally, you know. And with this yeah. one, I'm 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 fine with learning more about it and kind of seeing how people react to it. But I'm always going to have positive feelings about it. It's and I'm gonna recommend it to people. If another person oh, yeah. came up to me and was like, I've never seen Cool Runnings, I'm like, go watch it. You're not gonna regret it. <laughs> it's great. So I in my in my research of like the actual event, um, I discovered that they actually had a song. Like mm-hmm. that that part of the story was actually real too. The song. Yeah, I think uh, Sanka sings a song like enough people say they can't believe Jamaica got a bobsled team. That is not the real song, but they actually had a song um, from the Ragamuffins featuring Bob Andy, their official Jamaican bobsled team song, Hobbin and a Bobbin. Oh, I'm going to play it it right now. (laughs) This is a a note to myself to put the song here. That is awesome. Uh, Yeah, they didn't play it in the movie, though. In the... Like, this version that I found on YouTube, it doesn't even have a thousand plays. That's a crime. That seems like a really missed opportunity. I don't know. Maybe you know what it was, probably? What? They didn't want to pay him rights. And that's why you have Sanka (laughs) singing the song? (laughs) I mean, possibly. What they they did have was uh, a a very high production value of a cover of... um, Shoot. Um, I know the song you're talking about. Um, don't worry. Uh, wait. No. 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 It's, oh, damn. I can see clearly now. Yes. That was during the credits, and that was awesome. Yes. That was a great song. Great, great song. Great song. Great cover. Reached top forty as a single in the United States, Canada, France, and the United Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, that was. But still, like, come on, well, just, just throw them a bone, you know. I will yeah. say, speakly, speaking briefly about the music, that's kind of one of the things that I was a little underwhelmed by. <laughs> it was Hans <laughs> Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you're like, wait, wait, Hans Zimmer was doing this? What? Yeah, it, <laughs> the score isn't bad. It's just not what you'd expect when you, you see the name Hans Zimmer. Well, you know, <laughs> like when, like what he did with, like, okay, and obviously we're talking about an artist a composer from 19 comparing his work from 1993 to 2021 obviously it's going to be different but like mm-hmm. with dune and like the batman films it feels very much inspired with cool runnings it just seems like hey you got that steel drum hit it as many times as you can <laughs> and just go with it 
I'm not uh, saying it's bad, but there was so much sealed drum. I was like, am I listening to like Jane's Addiction right now or something? <laughs> I was just like, what? It, it was just like, it was my, my thing about the music was that it felt kind of one note. Do you know what I mean? Like in in a lot of his other scores, I, the the scenes carried by a certain emotion and he's able to emphasize that emotion. Yeah. Do, I've seen this movie like 20, 20, 30 times. I can't remember a single piece of the score. Dude, <laughs> like if you were like, hey, hum something, right? I mean, in our New Year's episode, I made the reference, the joke about the woman screaming and doing, ah, because that's something that <laughs> stuck with me, right? And a lot of that music yeah. is still in my head, uh, even from The Dark Knight. You know, like I could, there's so many songs where you could hum that Hans Zimmer has made. And, and Cool yeah. Runnings is the one where I'm like, Oh shit! I don't know. <laughs> Even the one in in True Romance is pretty good. I've I've never seen. It also used this. Also used the steel drums. <laughs> and he's worked. He worked on a lot of stuff. Uh, Thelma and Louise, Days of Thunder, Backdraft, K two, um, A League of Their Own. Like, there's some good stuff, man. And you know, Cool Runnings isn't bad. It's like if if Hans Zimmer had to like write a resume. On like his banger scores, and he only has room for twenty movies. Probably not gonna put <laughs> Cool Runnings on them. <laughs> well, I saw Hans Zimmer live a few years ago, 2015, nice. 2016. Did he play anything from Cool Runnings? Not that I recognized. <laughs> he, I mean, th- this movie's done so many. This dude has done so many stuff for superheroes. I mean, he played the Spider Man, Man of Steel, Dark Knight, obviously, but he did like Gladiator. He did a bunch of stuff, um, and most of it I was able to recognize. I am yeah. 99.9% sure that none of it was from Cool Runnings. I did not see one <laughs> steel drum up there. Um, again, not saying it's bad. Definitely not inspired. Yeah. The, the the pop songs stand out. Like yes. Wild Wild Life, I can see clearly now. Those things. It, it, freaking Sanka's song stands out too. Yes. Um, the, the, the needle drops work, um, which is a mm-hmm. shame that, you know, that they could have put in the Ragamuffins, that song, Hobbin and... Hobbin and a hubbin, a bobbin. Hobbin. Hobbin and a bobbin. Hobbin and a bobbin. They could have put that one in there and it would have fit right in. But, you know. I don't know how much of this is true uh, because I didn't do like an extensive research on the 88 Olympics. But the U.S. hockey team was knocked out super early. (laughs) So for for programming, they they went to the Jamaican bobsled team because they were such a big deal in in Calgary. They're like fan favorites and stuff. Mm -hmm. So... No, because the U.S. team sucked that year. <laughs> the the Jamaicans got to be on American television. Hey, that's that's cool, man. That's pretty cool. That is. And then somebody somebody saw it. This is this is fucking crazy right now. Somebody saw it, uh, and they wanted to make a movie about it. And one of those people was Don Steele. Don Steele is one of the first women to be the head of a production studio. And do you do you know what movie she did? What other movies she did? <laughs> uh, she did Honey, I Blew Up the Kid in 92, Cool Runnings in 93, Sister Act 2 in 93 as well. And then her last movie before she was released bef- uh, after she died, City of Angels. Oh, wait, shit, the Nick Cage one? Yes. Wait, <laughs> the wait one where... <laughs> the, 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 the song Iris? Yeah, we brought it back. <laughs> this is how we go full circle. 
<laughs> yes. There's no escaping Iris. There's no escaping Iris. Ugh. Yeah, you bleed just to know you're alive. Damn. <laughs> good old, like, good old oh, Man, they don't make them like that anymore. Nothing. <laughs> uh, well, I... Was there anything else you wanted to say about the movie? Oh, man. This is... It's kind of a bummer. But I did follow up on the cast oh. to see what they're doing. Okay. Leon Robinson, still working. They're they're all still working. But they're not, like, in starring roles as much as they were back in this... When this movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Raleigh D. Lewis has... He's got some pretty funny tweets. Uh, he... T- <laughs> Uh, in the late March, he tweeted a picture of himself with the Bible saying, I picked the wrong time to become a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> and he's like knocking on people's doors with a mask on and they're like, no. <laughs> it was a no um, then and, it was, and it's a no now. <laughs> um, they're all very supportive of the current Olympics team. Like he was on like someone from TMZ, you know, how, like the ambush people and like interview them mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, I support the the women's team in twenty twenty two. I hope they they do Jamaica some good. Uh, Dougie Doug has written a book, but the one that like was like, oh man, is Malik Yoba who plays Yul Brenner, mm-hmm. and he's he's like a a supporter of trans rights, right? Which which is like, okay, that's cool. But he also has some allegations out against him from soliciting sex from minor transgender women. And there's there's an interview with him and The Root. And it is so awkward. It becomes really hostile. It's just on on the YouTube, like on the official Root website. Um, But they confront him about the allegations. Yeah, they they talked to him about like what when he got involved with um, uh, transgender rights, and then the interviewer brings up the allegations, and then uh, he says something that's just like, dude, no. He says he says I I can relate to transgender women because you know people are saying things about me that are not true that I know are not true, just like when people call transgender women men. Uh, uh, what? That yeah. Uh, it's and then it just gets worse from then. It it becomes really hostile. That's, that's not like how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a good look. Ooh, and the the guy cool. says that the guy when the guy says like this is making you look really bad right now, and he's like, "What did you just say to me?" This interview's done, and then he's like, "Oh, it's it's very hard to watch." Ugh. Dude, but I don't know if you're into that sort of thing. Then that's that's there. You can look it up. Minor, come on, bro. What? Come on, it is tragic. That is sad. Yeah. Because again, I was I was talking, I was talking great hype about Yul Brenner earlier in this podcast. He's he's great. In the he's movie. great. He's fantastic. He's a well-written character. Well, that's the thing. You always wish that the actors that you fall in love with, that we fall in love with, are as good as those characters. You know, what I mean? or like, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way about Bill Cosby. I mean, oh, yeah. he was America's dad mm-hmm. for decades. He I think. means so much for so many black people. And look now, man, fucking creep. Yeah, it's, it's, it is always tragic when you hear about stuff like that. Yeah. <sighs> well, the way that he reacts to them is it makes him look more true than not true. You know, it is sad. Yeah. 
It is unfortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, anything <clears throat> else you wanted to say about the film? How did you feel about John Candy? I liked him. Actually, oh, that was actually something I didn't even bring up. Um, one of the things I think that's like the last thing I want to bring up for me, at least. Yeah, I I really liked his character. I thought he was great. Again, I'm not too familiar with John Candy. Uh, I'm not too familiar with his work. I know he was a big comedian, but haven't really explored his filmography. But I liked him in this movie a lot. And uh, one of the things that I liked was how they made his character a cheater. I really like yeah. that because they hint that he did something wrong through like the first two thirds of the film or like half halfway mm-hmm. in the film. And then you kind of hear someone say something about it. And then he finally addresses it in the, in the third act or bef- right before the third act. And I like that they made him a cheater. You know, it seems like he's almost seeking like redemption in a way. Like he doesn't want to at first, but like he wants redemption. He really believes in these guys and he wants them to have a fair chance. And he realizes that he made a mistake by cheating. And again, every character has like their little their little thing, right? Like the thing that they're emotionally attached to. And him being attached to these guys and him having that backstory was really nice. You know, he's not the main character, but I felt like he was an important character in the film. Um, and in the little time he was in it, I liked him. Yeah, I... This is always going to be the movie that I think of when I see or hear the name John Candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just seems like like a nice guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like He has like a rough exterior in the movie, but he eventually like goes to bat for them and he goes to the Olympic Council and like pleads with them, don't punish them because you don't like me. And I l- listened to Dougie Doug talk about him. Who, Dougie Doug plays Sanka. Mm-hmm. And he says that that he was just a really nice guy for to them, and he did. He went out of his way to protect them because the industry can take advantage of of young stars like them, and he made sure that they were all treated well. Which was like, oh, yeah, what a great guy! And he, uh, according to Wikipedia, at least he took a pay cut to be in this movie because I think they wanted to get like Kurt Russell or or something. Mm-hmm. To be in to play Irv, and I, I mean, well, Kurt Russell would have been great. I I don't doubt it, but there is just something nice about John Candy. Um, he he does have a rough exterior, and it really shows in the beginning. But he he opens up, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I'm happy, I'm happy he did this. I'm happy he took a pay cut yeah. and that he kind of helped. I can't imagine this movie without him. Yeah, and Kurt Russell got to do his Olympics movie. Yeah, no miracle. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. You know, I've watched that movie once. <laughs> okay, I've never seen Miracle. I heard it was good. Again, so many movies I haven't seen yet, but okay. So, shall we move on to our quotes? Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to quotes. Okay, um, this is the part of the the episode where we talk about how we feel about the movie. We don't give it like an out of five rating. We talk about how we feel about the movie represented in a quote from the movie. George usually goes first, and George usually has two. And you're goddamn right, and I got two today. <laughs> one that was really funny, and one that kind of just resonated with me a little bit more. Um, there, there was a lot of quotes in this movie that resonated with me. Oh, yeah. But if I had to pick one, 
Uh, so it, the first one, the funny one, is between Doris and Sanka. So Doris is talking about like the Swiss team. He's like, "You don't see the Swiss team fighting, do you? You don't see the Swiss <laughs> team drinking and carrying on and such." And Sanka replies, "And you don't see the Swiss team smiling neither. In fact, if one of those Swiss boys ever come across a pretty girl, he probably yell Eins, Zein, Drei, <laughs> and try to push her down some ice." I died when when he said that. That's funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for the other one when he says, like, <laughs> and he's, like, slapping him on the head. And he's like, this is what the Swiss do. He's like, yeah, the Swiss also make switchblades and stab people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Uh, and, and my actual quote that kind of that resonated with me uh, is from Irv when he's talking to Doris. And Doris tells him, why did you cheat? He, you know, and he said that he, Irv said, tells Doris that he made winning his entire life. That... When you, when you make winning that important, it's the only thing that matters to you. And you'll do whatever it takes to win. And Therese says, like, um, oh, shoot, uh, I, I didn't get, like, what he said before him. But basically, Irv tells him, um, Therese, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without one, you'll never be enough with one. And that just reson. I love that. It just, mm-hmm. I don't, it reminded me of, like, my old swim days. And I don't know. I, I really I had a race uh, in like ju- my senior year. One of my last races, one of my last rate competitive races ever. It was a 50 freestyle, which is like two laps. You know, that means in a 50 freestyle, everything has to be perfect. Like it's only two laps. So everything has to be on point. Uh, and I was supposed to be like the top three, but I fucked up. I guess I got really distracted I don't know. I was I was kind of depressed at the moment. It was a bolt loose, huh? Well, it, my emotional lo- bolt was loose. I was mm. a little depressed, mm. um, and then I don't know. I just I guess it just got to my head, and when they ring the bell, I was the last one out the blocks. I jumped like a second late, which in Damn. swimming a second is a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. Even in bobsledding, a second's a long. Oh time. yeah, yeah, it, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I had a super late start, and I finished in last place when I was supposed to be like second or third. Damn. Um, I finished in last place. I was really upset. My coach wasn't angry or anything. He, you know, he's just like, "We'll get him in the next one." And my dad came up to me though, and he was like really proud, and he could see that I was really Aww. sad. And he was he's like hugging me, and he was really happy, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like. I feel I still feel kind of bad, but like I'm really happy that you're like here and like supporting me, and that you're not like upset or angry or anything. So that's beautiful. Yeah, and and, and you know, very you know, and I like that quote. You know, gold medal is a wonderful thing, and it's like you know, regardless of how bad the Jamaicans did in real life, right? They were still Jamaican bobsledding. That's that's basically like kind of an oxymoron. Like they, just Jamaicans don't bobsled, but they still did it. They were able to do it and they did they well. Continued to do it. Yeah, and the next the 90 92 year, they beat the US. Dude, like maybe they never won a medal, you know, and in those first two trials, they did not do well, but still going to the Olympics and representing your country is an amazing achievement. Like everyone at the Olympics should be happy that they're there because it means that they are part of a larger thing. Like symbolically they are representing their country. And like with this film with just how much they love Jamaica and Jamaica loves them and is supporting them. It's just like, yeah, man, 
sports isn't about the winning. It's nice. It's great. But it's so much more than that. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. When they said that quote, I felt that 100%. So, yeah, man. I, awesome. It's great line. All right. So what's your quote, Awesome? My quote? Well, I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do the George. I'll have, I have two quotes. <laughs> <laughs> One is, is my favorite Sanka quote. Um, when he's being, uh, he's arguing with Yul Brenner, and he Yul Brenner is takes his comic book. He's like, "What are you saying that I can't read this because I'm not smarter than a child?" And he says, "What I'm saying to you is that you are the kind of club toting, raw meat eating, me Tarzan, you Janeing, big bald bubblehead that can only count to ten if he's barefoot." Or wearing sandals. <laughs> God damn. I love that we each have a quote from Sanka. It's the me Tarzan, you Janeing. Like he verbal, he makes that a verb. Mm-hmm. That, that kills me. <laughs> um, and the other one is, is like the, probably one of the greatest psych up moments in Ooh. sports movie history. That's, that's uh, hyperbole, but. Some of the the East German team is picking on Junior, and Yul um, uh, Brenner takes him to, to to the bathroom. He's like, "What do you look in the mirror and tell me what you see?" And you know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a big bad mother who don't take no crap off of nobody. And and then Junior repeats it a bunch of times. It's just it's great. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. No, that. And then he goes out there and he he points his finger and wags it at the east german guy <laughs> like, hey you're disrespected to me you better apologize a wonderful quote uh, it, that quote i was gonna actually make that my quote too um uh, this movie had so many quotes and i thought it was gonna be that one or the feel the rhythm feel the rhyme get on up mm. it's bobsled time but i was like that's kind of everyone that's the best quote <laughs> but but like it's it's such a great good quote. i mean we have all we all these are good quotes but I think that feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, it's just going to be internalized. You know? Yeah. You say that and people know, cool runnings? <laughs> Unless you're me. <laughs> it's like, huh? No. Uh, but yeah. But great quotes, man. That's about it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with do the right thing, right? I don't know. Well, I was actually going to talk to you about that. Um, there's some other movies that I wanted to talk about. You know, I uh, I love Spike Lee, and I plan on doing. I plan. I think we both have plans to t- want to talk about a lot of Spike Lee films, but mm-hmm. I feel like there are so many other black filmmakers that people do not talk about as much. That I'm like, Ooh. let's 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 talk about some other ones that maybe people haven't really thought of. You know, Let, let's look throughout history and give someone credit and say, you know what. They, these guys, this person did a great job. And here's maybe a movie that you might have not seen, but should watch. I have a few in mind. Okay. And I'm like, you know. Do we, are we going to tease the listeners? I like, No, gonna... no, because we, we don't know yet. And that's something that you and I need to kind of talk about. But we, we want to talk about an influential filmmaker, which that's why, I mean, Spike Lee he obviously comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, I, it could be Spike Lee, though. I mean. We might just lean in that way. It's like, you know what? Do the right thing's a classic. There's a lot to talk about. Fuck it. Let's just do that one. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen a Spike Lee movie from start to finish. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. There's a gap in my my uh, film 
watching. Oh shit! Well, now we might library. just have to do Spike Lee then. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, listeners, we want to end the month off on a great note, so we want to bring you guys an absolute banger of a movie, one that you will need to watch. We're not sure exactly who it is, but uh, it will be a good one. And I'm excited because there's a lot of filmmakers that I feel like we could talk about that will just have hours of things to look look through. So it's going to be an exciting episode next one. But I hope you guys liked us talking about Cool Runnings. Definitely worth the watch. It's just love, love, lovely film. Lovely film. Also, if if you are... If any of our listeners are Jamaican and has and it has a special relationship or maybe a particular gripe with Cool Runnings, let us know. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to hear that. I definitely want to know how Jamaican people feel about this. Um, just a curiosity, you know, and maybe it'll, yeah. maybe I'll see it from a different perspective. You can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at retrograde underscore pod. We have a Facebook group and a YouTube retrograde podcast. It's three words, retrograde and podcast. And we have a Discord that is booming with Wordle high scores. Well, not so much of those. And someone who just refuses to Google what Wordle is. They just keep asking, what's Wordle? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. We play games and stuff. We talk. I post clips from... Uh, our episodes and some more like behind the scenes stuff that I just found from the raid. I don't know if you saw it, George. They like they break down the the composite of the three shots they used to do the backbreaking thing. I did. I saw that. Yeah. So it's it's a cool time. It's it's the best place to reach us. So just DM us and we'll send you an invite. But that's all for now. We will see you in two weeks with a movie. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs>